Welcome everybody to episode 48 of the Nipping for Jesus podcast. I am Pastor Mike Matthews. My aim for this podcast in ministry is to help people limp well for Jesus. Life is hard. We will find ourselves in hard circumstances. We are all limping in life. Whether it's physical or emotionally or relationally, we all have some uh, scars that we need healed. And we all need help to trust God in hard circumstances. That is why I started Limping for Jesus. Currently on the podcast, we are going through the book of Galatians. And we are defending Paul's gospel of salvation is we are justified by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. It is the core of the book because the Christians in the Galatia church were being tricked by false teachers of the day saying that they had to trust Jesus plus be circumcised. It was a Jesus plus a religious works gospel. And the whole book is Paul defending how we are saved. It is by faith alone through, it is by grace alone through faith alone that we are saved. In his other book, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, he puts it this way. By grace you have been saved through faith. So justification, the, the, the act of God declaring us right before him is the act of his doing. It is by grace through faith alone. It is by grace you have been saved. And the reason is so that no human can boast. So that is what he is defending in the book of Galatians, and we see that in the first four chapters, he reminds us and the readers of his day how they are saved. Now, I I used this example before, and I'll use it again in tonight's study. If you hear a pastor say, to be a Christian, you need to believe in Jesus plus be water baptized. They are teaching you what the Judaizers of Paul's day was teaching the Gentile, that is the non-Jewish Christians of Paul's days. If you if you hear a leader tell you you must be baptized to be saved, they do not understand the gospel. If you go into baptism not believing in Christ, you're just going to come out a wet sinner. Baptism does not save you. What baptism is, it is an ordinance, one of the ordinances that Christ handed down to us. We have communion and we have baptism, which are ordinances of the church that we do for two reasons. One, as obedience, and two, it is an outward expression of 
of an inward alignment of your heart. You're telling uh, a congregation of believers that that you are taking your stand with Jesus. You're coming out of the closet, per se, that you're saying that you're a Christian, that you are a disciple, that you want to obey Christ, and, and baptism is a sign that you are identifying with Jesus in his other disciples. That is it. That is why we are baptized. We are not baptized. We do not do good works. We do not read the Bible to be saved. We do good works as Christians because we are saved. Because we love Jesus and he saved our heart. So I'm going to be in Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to read the first 14 verses. um, And then we are going to dig deeper and unpack So, Paul writes, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Saints, if you become a Christian by his grace through faith, if you understand that and then you allow people to say that you must keep your salvation by doing good works, that good works save you, and that uh, whatever they put in there, the Jesus plus gospel, like I call it, Jesus plus, then do not allow them to get their legalistic hands around your walk. They do not have your best in mind. What they want to do is control you by controlling your behaviors. If I can get you to, if I can scare you to keep coming to church on Sunday, I'm not going to teach you the doctrine of justification. But here's the good news. True pastors know that the truth will set you free and you will be transformed to live the life God wants you to live. You'll want to be a worshiper of Jesus. You'll want to be around other Christians as you grow. That's why true preachers and true pastors will preach the gospel Paul preaches in in Galatians. Okay, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Verse 2. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision count for anything, but only faith working through love. Friends, I know this act of religious circumcision can be, uh, we miss the, the point here as 21st century listeners. But I tell you, the point, the biblical 
principle here is if you are counting on anything except faith in Jesus to save you, you're missing the point. Jesus alone is sufficient for saving us. It's no longer, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He gives you a new life now and the forever life later. He is alone enough to save us. You work out this true faith through acts of love defined by the Bible. Verse 7, he goes on. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who called you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever it is. But if I, brother, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In the case in that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Holy crud, guys. Verse 12 is nuts. We, you know, we get this wrong idea of what it is to be a Christian where we're like, we need to be meek and mild all the time. Uh, wimpy, pull, pull over, uh, turtle, turtleneck wearing, uh, uh, nerds. And I'm not, uh, I'm not offending nerd. I'm a Star Trek nerd. I love nerdy stuff. But the point here, sometimes bad teaching demands strong response. This sarcasm here that Paul is saying, I don't think you can miss what he's saying here to the circumcision group that is telling people to be circumcised. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Does Paul really want them to do that? No, but he's making the point. False teaching is evil, and he wish false teachers would go away with their bad teaching. He's not really telling you he wished they would cut off their you-know-whats, but he uses strong language here to make the point to us, the readers, don't play around with false teaching. Verse 13, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out. You are not consumed by one another couple thoughts as we close today's episode. True believers are free. We are free in trying to keep 
the law trying to be saved. We keep the law because the law is now on our hearts. God's moral code is put on our hearts at salvation, at conversion, at justification. In the doctrine of sanctification, that process of God transforming and making us more like Christ is the truth about our inward state being worked out in our outward actions. If you are a group of a body of believers, you need to encourage each other to walk in this freedom to be holy and not unholy. If there is a group of believers that you will find biting and gossip and lying, you must question if that group truly believes in the gospel. And as is the Holy Spirit there. And this goes into how we can battle this type of lawless sinful freedom Paul tells us how as believers how we continue to walk in the freedom that Christ gives us to be holy in verse 16 he goes but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let's not become conceited. Provoking one another, envying one another. See, the fruit of the Spirit are what we do as a, a Christian and a group of Christians that prove we know the freedom that we're walking in. We are not free, free to be wicked and sinful and evil. We are free in that we are called to be fruit inspectors. If a teacher or a leader does not have these things in in the fruit of their life, then you can tell that their teaching is wicked and they're trying to rule you as a legalist. A church that doesn't read 
bleed this naturally from the power of the Spirit is a church that should concern you. Paul tells us, don't be this way. Don't bite each other. Don't gossip. Don't lie. Don't have decisions, divisions, I mean, and don't have discord. And he teaches us how to do this, a spirit-empowered church. That goes into chapter 6, how we love someone who is caught in sin. See, you see this freedom that we have is a freedom to grow in our our understanding and our ability to love Jesus and make him known. This is how we help each other limp well for Jesus in this fallen and broken world. Chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. But keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens to so fulfill the love of Christ. Loving our neighbor starts right there in our home churches. Our local bodies. We work out our faith in love, and it must be started with the household of God. This is how we restore each other when we know. See, the way you do this, the way the Spirit does this, is you must know and do life with people to see them on their good days and bad days. And most Christian circles are superficial. To get real is to get real in the Spirit and to help each other walk by the Spirit and produce the fruit of the Spirit. So, to fulfill the law of Christ, as Paul says in other of his writings, is to do no harm to their neighbor. So, us walking in the spirit of gentleness and helping each other, lifting each other up over our burdens and our trials and our temptations is how we do this. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life and let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we will reap and we do not give up so then as we have opportunity let's do good to everyone especially to those who are of the household of faith church do you hear that we are called to be the hands and feet of jesus Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
If you are a Christian sowing to your flesh and being wicked and evil, the consequences of your sin will be made clear. But if we as a body of believers help each other to grow in our knowledge and faith and love of God, we will reap an eternal joy if we do not give up. If we, we look for opportunities to love on each other for Jesus. And then the book ends with his final warning and benediction. So with these large leather, I am running to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. See, he comes. He always comes back to this point in this letter because the whole letter is about are we saved by faith or are we saved by works? So after the last 20-some verses, he went on about how justification by faith looks like in the, in the body of believers. He brings us back to the meaning of this book. It is those who want to make a good showing in your flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and they own, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Verse 14. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace be upon them and upon the Israel of God. For, for now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, with your spirit, spirit, brothers. Amen. Saints, I hope you have enjoyed this study in the book of Galatians. I hope that this will help you understand how and why we are saved. I pray like Paul, you would realize no work saves you but the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, life is hard. The devil will make you doubt your salvation. But I hope that today and for the rest of your life, if you're a new listener to the podcast or a longtime supporter, I hope you will limp well for Jesus this week. I pray that you would understand in your life you will have peaks and valleys, but the whole time Jesus' hand is around you to guide you back home to him. We are here on this planet for a mission, 
And that mission is to know him and make him known. And this podcast and my teaching is to help you know him and make him know the biblical way. I hope that you enjoyed this study in Galatians. And I pray that you will be empowered to have joy in the midst of your trials. God bless and have a great rest of the week.